I think the term success is really relative to you, what you consider success. When I was really hustling, success to me was just money and, and freedom, you know, being able to travel, being able to be free with my time. And, and of course, having a lot of money in your bank account. Um, eventually, as I started to mature in my experiences, I realized that success really is mostly peace. In the world of marketing, some rise, some fall, and a few transcend to legendary status. Welcome to Ruben Sarah's Millionaire Marketers Podcast, where we journey through the pathways to success, one story at a time. Here, we unlock the secrets of the industry's brightest minds, the trailblazers, the strategists, the ones who didn't just master the game, they redefined it. Whether you're an aspiring marketer or a seasoned pro, prepare to be inspired. Plug in, tune out the noise, and discover what it truly takes to wear the title Millionaire Marketer. Let's dive in. Now, here's your Millionaire Marketer host, international award-winning marketer, Ruben Lissera. Okay, this is a very exciting episode for Millionaire Marketing Boss because today we have one of the most accomplished Filipina in digital marketing industry in general. We'll get to know her in our interview with her. So before we proceed, please don't hesitate to comment and share where you're from. And please don't forget to like and tag uh, or share this video to a person who's having problems with marketing. Because I think uh, listening to the discussion today with our guest will definitely blow his mind. <laughs> okay, so supposed to be introduced pa ni siya or introduce ko siya, di ba? But mm-hmm. today, I will just give you a short preview of who Carla is. Carla is currently uh, managing a huge outsourcing company with offices in Austin, in Del Carmen, Mexico, and in Davao, Philippines. Pero on the, our first portion of our interview, we'll focus on her story. Can you share to us, can you start with when did you realize marketing was your path, Carla? Oh, I love that question. So that's a very unique starting question because most people just ask me, tell us your story. How do you get started in business? So um, actually, to be honest with you, how I got started with marketing is it was my bachelor's degree. So um, I remember after, after high school, I really wanted to be a writer. And uh, I was going to take up creative writing as a course. I really love writing. I want to become a journalist. I want to be a writer. And then my dad told me, well, do you know how many, like, what is the percentage of writers that actually become millionaires? (laughs) That actually make a lot of money, you know? And uh, it's very small. So uh, my dad told me, well, why don't you, why don't we make a compromise to take up a business course that where you can still practice your creativity. So why don't you do marketing? Marketing has a lot of advertising in it. You know, you love talking. So this is a lot of like customer research, you know, uh, market research. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. And then so I took up bachelor's degree, um, bachelor of science in business administration, major in marketing, actually. And then, surprise, surprise, it had a lot of math in it. <laughs> we had five kinds of math. Algebra, business math, um, statistics, trigonometry, and quantitative analysis in business, and calculus. So there's like six maps actually. 
And I'm like, oh my god, this is a scam. I scammed myself. <laughs> There's so much math. I thought I was going to be creative. And then,、um, unfortunately, I failed calculus. I had to take it again. It really broke my heart, broke my mom's heart. I still feel bad to this day about that because my school was very expensive.、Um, and then,、um, yeah, I made it happen. I learned to really like marketing. I loved it. In fact, if you look at my report card from college, it would be like, One, you know, it's in the Philippines, it's like one to 100, right? Yeah, true.、Uh, my scores would be like marketing, management, 95, 97, very high. And then、mm-hmm. like calculus, 77. <laughs> it's like almost failing. <laughs> and, and then IT, my IT was like just barely passed. So my computers, I'm not techie. So、um, I, could, I really saw my strength and then I ended up loving it.、Um, and even after college, I really liked. You know, reading articles, reading magazines about business.、Um, my dad and I used to talk for hours and hours. My mom, too, she was in sales. Both my mom and my dad were in sales. We would just talk about books. We would talk about Ogilvy.、Uh, we would talk about, we would even talk about um, um, commercials, commercials that we see on TV. And then so it's on a commercial, would, no? Yeah, they would like break it down for me. So I, I was very lucky in that sense. I really love marketing. My parents made me love marketing too. So,、um, and then I, I bootstrapped my own businesses. My first business was a flower shop, a second one was an event planning company. I started other smaller businesses、mm-hmm. with that too. I had a PR agency inside the event planning company. And in the flower shop, I also、um, sold engagement rings、uh, after you know, selling flowers for so long. And then in 2017, I started traveling, attending international conferences. And then、um, I found the opportunity to start a virtual assistant recruitment company. So that time we were just doing recruitment, we weren't doing anything else. And then that offer just evolved throughout the years. And、so、now we are a, a full on、uh, outsourcing company. No,、wow. very, very nice story. But- Just to plan to to set expectation, people would always、mm. think,、oh, "Okay, Carla is already a successful woman." Maybe they should also understand that Carla was once upon a time <laughs> a failure, and I think、oh, yeah. we need to embrace that fact. Can you share to us your experiences、uh, before becoming a successful person, going through these stages also? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that you know, before answering that, I want to preface that. I think the term success is really relative to you, what you consider success. When I was really hustling, success to me was just money and, and freedom, you know, being able to travel, being able to be free with my time, and, and of course, having a lot of money in your bank account.、Um, eventually, as I started to mature in my experiences, I realized that success really is mostly peace. I think it's peace in your life, you know.、Um, of course, it, it, that's inside new,、huh? that's that. That's new. Again, can you repeat that? That's very、yeah. interesting. I think, I think success, you know,、um, I've gone through a lot of, you know, meditation, like kind of just like self journey, like an inward journey to myself. And I realized that what is success really? How can I consider myself successful? And then、uh, and I realized it was peace.、Um, and, and I would preface, I don't want to be elitist or classist. And I would agree that having money and having freedom of time and location ultimately could be a factor in bringing you peace, right?、Mm-hmm. But,、um, but after I realized after making a certain amount of money, you don't really need a lot、um, to, to be happy or to consider yourself successful, to be a good partner, sister, mother, you know,、uh, friend. So,、um, 
to your point, question, um, what are some of the failures that I've experienced? Um, I could uh, I could think about like three, three kind of highlights of my life that are memories that are very vivid to me. Number one is uh, when I was, hmm, let me remember, I think 20 or 21. Yeah, 20 or 21 years old. I took on this big event management client um, in the Philippines and the contract was I think 1.3 million pesos like 20 that's what 2100 US 2200 US or something like that um, and then it was such a big project for me and so um, they gave me a down payment I think of 10% or 20% and they didn't pay me wow okay yeah and um, I had suppliers for that like billboards we had staff that we had to pay um, we had to do a lot of things plus it was in a in a city like three hours away from Davao so we had to travel and uh, and then they start I started to you know even like send them demand letters and all that but they just didn't pay I was in Davao then and this company was based in Manila mm -hmm. and unfortunately that company dissolved after doing the event so actually wow. they took the money of their client because there was another client they were an agency in manila mm -hmm. they took that money because they needed it they were going to dissolve and then they basically used us to provide the service and didn't pay us mm -hmm. i would say that was one of the lowest point of my life in business because i my suppliers were threatening to sue me mm -hmm. or they were telling me they will put me in jail of course they, they can't you know it's just money i can pay it like i think if i you know went to my parents and and tell them what happened that was the other thing i didn't tell my parents what was going on because i didn't want to be a burden to them twenty thousand dollars is a lot of money in the philippines literally like that's true. you know um you could buy like five kidneys <laughs> <laughs> that's all that a year's worth of salary for yeah, for an executive in the Philippines. For a super, exactly, yeah. for a super duper like high level executive. So mm -hmm. that's how much that money was. And, and you know, being 20 years old and being threatened by lawsuits, being in jail, having those thoughts, it was really hard. Um, eventually, I just talked to my suppliers and I just told them what happened and I told them I'll pay them back. And, you know, even if it takes me years, but I will, I will stay true to my word. Thankfully, uh, actually, most of my suppliers didn't really... Um, pressure me um they didn't even want the payment some of them even just said just you know introduce some clients to me refer some business like mm -hmm. you know let's just make it square let's just you know it's fine you don't have to be scared um after a while because i told them i'm not gonna run away from my responsibilities i just i'm just telling you the truth mm -hmm. so that was really a really scary part of my life you know um i had a lot of uh yeah i, I just like you know that feeling when you're like you're crying and then you stop crying because you have to think of a solution True. and then you <laughs> all you have to do is like, oh well, I'm yeah <laughs> like i yeah and i couldn't sleep i you know it was such a hard time so um yeah I, that that was one of my worst experiences in business for sure uh my next one is of course this is a lot of people who have followed me in the past would know that both of my parents passed early they passed in my 20s yeah. and my dad passed when i was 22 my mom passed when I was 28 and uh, those were really trying moments of my life, um, especially when my dad passed away because uh, my mom was very depressed and uh, my one of my sisters just graduated college and then as a nurse and then she resigned. She had a job and then she had to resign from the job because she took care of my dad for mm -hmm. two months at the hospital because she was a nurse. 
meaning when my dad died, she didn't have a job. My other sister was still in school, very expensive high school. So uh, I had to, and then we had like $60,000, 3.8 million pesos. That's more than almost, almost uh, $80,000 in debt um, that I had to help my mom pay, but my mom was depressed. So I had to really work hard to, to pay all those debts. Imagine when I, so my mom and my dad died six years apart, five to six years apart. Imagine when I finished paying um, my the debt from my when my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. It was a month after my mom passed away. It took me six years to pay all of those debts uh, to help my mom. I, I wouldn't say I paid everything, but like I helped my mom a lot in paying for for those debts and then paying for stuff in in our house. And then I remember this moment because it was February. My mom just passed away. And I, I received a letter from the bank, which is like, congratulations, this is your last payment from this like credit card. And I remember that was like way for like six years ago when my dad passed away and we had a lot of debt. So that was definitely a really hard time of my life as well. You know, losing losing a parent and then having a lot of debt. And then you have to just work hard and just keep going. So uh, I wouldn't wish that on anyone was a very difficult time but I did become very very strong because of that and uh, it, it also opened my eyes to what I could achieve so what was it also um, a propelling force for you to explore so many avenues for you to grow and become the millionaire marketer that you are right now absolutely absolutely I think that I think that that experience showed me that even in my lowest moment uh, I could still make things happen in fact, um, the year my mom died, 2018, was I made the most money in all of my Philippine businesses. I think we made like 8.4 million, I think, pesos in my Philippine business, in one of my businesses. So that was when my mom died. And I'm like, I was even shocked. I was like, wow, in my so most it, depressed it, moment. Yeah, you, what do you call it? Refocused your energy or sadness yeah. to that uh, activity or your businesses Kumbaga. maybe i think it was maybe just uh i had to distract myself mm-hmm. um but also i think it was more than anything i really wanted to make my parents proud mm-hmm. and i wanted to you know show them you know in, in my own little way obviously we don't know what comes after death right mm-hmm. um but i wanted to always kind of prove that, that you know I, that i can be the person that they see in their eyes my parents really believed in me you know they they believed i could be an astronaut if i wanted to mm-hmm. like they were just those kinds of parents they they believed that i could do anything i want mm-hmm. and so uh yeah i wanted to honor i wanted to honor their memory i wanted to honor their hard work you know we grew up poor and i want they they really worked hard to give us the education so mm-hmm. yeah and then on top of that you know the topic of this podcast both of my parents were really into marketing and sales and so oh, every okay. time I really thought yeah. they were educators. Or... No. Oh, no th- my dad was a trainer. My dad used to do sales trainings too. Um, he was like the C- the VP of sales of a, a gas company. So, um, yeah. he was. Uh, both of them are really into sales and marketing. So, that was a huge influence. So, more or less, they are your... Uh, M- mentors. Mentors. First mentors yeah. in marketing. Unlocking the secrets of the industry's brightest minds. Helping you discover what it truly takes to wear the title Millionaire Marketer. 
the Millionaire Marketers Podcast. Now, back to your host, Ruben Licera. The point of the topic now is we're just inviting people who are really real millionaire marketers, meaning they're able to stage. <laughs> Sorry for the exclusivity, but the thing is, we want to ensure that all of our guests are people or marketers who had done million-dollar campaigns or are successful in running seven-figure agencies or marketing mm. agencies. And you're one of them. Can you say that campaigns that you've been running with your existing business is one of your biggest campaigns yet so far? Because I think it's, it's a recurring process, right? I, I would say one of the special or you know more special things that we've done is that you were able to grow the outsourcing company without spending anything on ads. In uh, maybe we can year, start with you explaining what business are you in right now? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, right now I'm in the outsourcing business. Uh, I own Proximity Outsourcing. We do white glove vanish outsourcing for online businesses who want to grow uh, and scale fast with turnkey teams. So we we can we do little projects such as hiring a VA for you and then managing the work to high-end uh, team builds, remote team builds. Like if you want an AI-empowered remote team, we can build that for you as well. Um, I started this business in 2017, as I mentioned, as a, a, just a VA recruitment company. Mm-hmm. And then we evolved. In 2020, I was able to get an investment. I welcomed uh, an investor and a partner in the company and we worked together to build an outsourcing company. So in my experience in that outsourcing company, we were able to really grow fast. And uh, the secret to that was that we really took advantage of our affiliates, our current clients and our friends in the industry to kind of refer business to us. And of course, on our side, we were just kind of really making sure that the quality of work that we do was good and that we don't embarrass these people for um, referring business to us. Uh, if you don't mind, can you share to us what's your more, more or less MRR every uh, monthly recurring for this business alone? Yeah. Because you have a lot for, of business, right? And this is just one of those uh, business that's really bringing in the buck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yes, the outsourcing company where I had a partner, we, I think, Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Uh, we w- we were able to. I think our highest month would be 180, 180k mm-hmm. in revenue a month. And then our what after we crossed, obviously after we crossed six, our six figure months, I think our lowest was like 150, um, oh. 150k every month. And then we retired. So what, that what, what year you you realize that? Oh, oh my God! I'm already a millionaire <laughs> agency. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I I don't, I still don't identify as a millionaire yet, honestly, (laughs) because, you know, the revenue is different from your profit. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, I had a business partner. And so it was, you know, um, it's not really, uh, how do I say that? It's not honest. I wouldn't say it's not honest, but it's not really like super accurately aligned. That's what I would say. It's not. And that's why, you know, I, I, I'm careful using that term, but we did have, uh, we did have our first six figure month in. I think August of 2021, I think, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere there, July, August, September 2021, we had our first six-figure month. And um, and the thing with the offer is that because it's a subscription offer, uh, meaning 
uh, clients pay X amount every month between $995 to $1895. Uh, at that time, now we have more expensive um, services. Um, they pay that amount every month. Meaning, mm -hmm. as long as you onboard clients every month, and as long as you retain most of those clients, um, you're gonna grow. You're gonna grow every month. Mm -hmm. And so that's what. That's also one clincher that I would love to share for all the listeners here. If you design your offer in such a way that it will help keep you growing, growth is really inevitable. As long as you number one have a good sales team, number two. Um, do the work really well. Um, that's it. Good sales team, do the work pretty do well. Do the work really well. And I think well. that's yeah. the personal Inevitable. touch of Carla Singson. <laughs> because as far as I know you, people will always look for you're going to Davao, you're creating an event, go to Carla because you, she always gets things done with flair. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the same more or less values that you're trying to uh, include in your business. Am I right? Yeah, I, yeah. I would I would say that quality is really important to us. Customer experience is really important to us. I always tell my team, you know, when we're onboarding client success managers, I always tell them I would rather refund a client than have a bad review. If the experience is so bad that we have to stop working together, like this is the worst case scenario. Of course, I'm not saying you know this happens all the time, but I tell, always tell them what is the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is a client hires us. We tell them that we'll hire someone for them and onboard. We they didn't like who we hired and onboarded. They can we can do a rehire until they're happy, until they're satisfied, mm -hmm. or they can get their money back. So if we get if they get their money back, it means they get their money back. They didn't lose money. They lost a little bit of time because they waited. But obviously, we also put in our own investment of time. So it's just mm -hmm. equal, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell my team this is the worst worst case scenario. Um, and so really you, you, you guys don't have to be scared. We just have to do a work, our best and, and be honest, communicate and mm -hmm. that's it. Okay. Because this is the first part focused on your marketing journey. Can you share to mm -hmm. us how does Carla Singson enjoys free time? Oh, that's great. Uh, I, right now I'm really into playing golf and reading psychological thrillers so it's, funnily is, is that the way you find your peace yes <laughs> <laughs> watching serial killer documentaries and <laughs> reading thrillers murder books but you know what uh i actually reread the book the four hour work week just a few months ago it's funny because i read that book i think in 2016 Mm -hmm. and uh, and it opened my eyes to traveling you know just like any other nomad out there mm -hmm. and it opened my eyes that you know having a business you don't need to work a lot or be burnt out and uh, I was really burnt out last year in my outsourcing company you know we were making over uh, we were making over a million dollars a year but I was really really burnt out and so I had to quit as a CEO mm -hmm. and go on a sabbatical and in that sabbatical, I reread the four-hour work week, and Tim Ferriss had advice there, which said, "What year was this? Uh, last year. Last year, I quit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I quit my CEO role. Uh, still the owner, but I quit my CEO as a role uh, because it's a real job. <laughs> uh, in November, and then I just kind of rested for a bit, and then I rebuilt uh, my own outsourcing company without the without my previous investor." So, mm -hmm. 
now I am able to work on the, my vision um, and I was, I'm able to serve my clients in a higher level, at a higher level. And, um, and Tim Ferriss had his advice, which was like, a lot of business owners overwhelm themselves with business books. And then they oh. don't even practice what they read anymore because they're just kind of in this hamster wheel of business books. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, you should have a lot of kind of leisure time. And I suggest reading fiction or reading biographies. And my favorite, I haven't read fiction in like 10 years. My mm-hmm. favorite category or niche is thrillers, psychological thrillers. So I bought a Kindle, I started reading again, and now I'm, I'm addicted again. I probably read like three books every week. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think that's that's your pattern. When you're like me, I also keep books at hand. Mm. I can't think of anything, then I that I get to open another book until yeah. I'm able to sort out sort things out. And I think that's how we organize things. Personally, that's how I do things from my end. Now, for those who are venturing into marketing as a career, what would you say? Mm. Or wants uh, to I... become another millionaire marketer like you? Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I would say my biggest ROI in marketing is talking to people. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, listening to people. At the beginning of this year, in my sabbatical, mm-hmm. <laughs> I decided on a New Year's resolution. And my New Year's resolution was, I want to meet as many people as possible and learn from them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that has become kind of my practice. I was just going to meetups or parties. I, I, you know, even business events, conferences, conventions i always wanted to meet as many people as possible i'll sit in a different table every time there's a meal because i just know that my next big aha moment could be just around the corner and it could even be uh very unpredictable mm-hmm. you know lots of people can teach you lessons and realizations and you don't need to chase you know the big name the big guy in business like If you go to a Tony Robbins event, you don't have to talk to Tony Robbins to have um, these breakthroughs. You can just talk to other people and and with their story or their experience, you can learn something that will change your life. And listening is the key. Yeah, I think I think that's a skill that a lot of marketers always still miss out on because I think marketers love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. So yeah. that officially ends the first part. We'll be coming back for the second part. Yay. Yay. And that wraps up another interesting and insightful episode of Millionaire Marketers. We've journeyed through pathways, unearthed strategies, and been inspired by the best in the business. But remember, every success story starts with a single step. If you found value in today's insights, please subscribe, rate, and share this with a fellow marketer. We're building a community of driven individuals, all on their unique paths to success. Join us next time as we delve deeper, challenge norms, and continue our quest to discover what it takes to be a true millionaire marketer. Discover. Execute. Grow. Impact. Until then, marketers.